Hey, welcome to another Get Geekish podcast. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Bino, joined by Derek over there. And uh, we're doing this thing every week where we, you know, talk about geeky, nerdy, random things. And we appreciate you for joining in the conversation. Hit us up on the social medias at Get Geekish. And this week we wanted to talk a little bit about being awkward. I don't know about you. <laughs> this is right, right in my wheelhouse, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of scenes in movies, and this this comes up because of the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, Episode 2. I'm not giving spoilers away or anything like that, other than the fact that there's everything on social media is about the little child eating eggs. And some people are mortally disturbed by how it all goes down. And so we thought we'd talk about that and some of the most other awkward scenes that have been put in movies and TV shows that you're watching and going... This is a part of the show. Why is this even here? So if you've got some of those, we'd love to hear them. And now we're going to talk about some of our things. So you were going to say something about, about the child there. Well, it was one of those ones where right away when they showed the eggs, I was like, he's going to eat them. And I was like, nah. And I was like, yeah. And then, of course, he eats them. And I'm like, he he, he likes frog things. So why, why wouldn't he eat those eggs that look like... They reminded me of the uh, pickled eggs from Moe's Bar in The Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. They did look a lot like those. Very much like those. So, yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I gotta say, I was a little uh, weirded out by it when I saw it. Like, oh, because it was... Uh, the show did make it very clear that they were unfertilized eggs. They made mm-hmm. like clear notice of that. But it was the fact that the mom that laid the eggs in the backpack she's carrying on is sitting in the front seat and he's like hey snackies <laughs> and he goes back for more <laughs> i mean how is that any different than having a chicken coop out in your backyard and it, that's what i said it's not that's why i was i was <laughs> when i saw it i was weirded up i'm like well it's not that not that big a deal but i i have a feeling with the fact that as but biggest thing is everyone's making about it the fact that there's already a marketed toy of the child with the backpack full of eggs that oh, there's they gonna, knew. there's going to be something that comes back around those things like him eating him is going to be the you know like it's going to be uh, those pine trees that have to get in the forest fire before they hatch like maybe these eggs have to be run through a childlike <laughs> creature before they can hatch or something or there's going to be some mystical power unlocked or <laughs> maybe they're uh, you know the powers that be have a child eating eggs board game ready to launch down the line so mm. and somebody else made a, an interesting plot because i had that thought too um my, my thought was well maybe is there something going on there that like these these yoda creatures are going to be some like super alpha predator <laughs> and somebody else came like that maybe when yoda was back on dagobah maybe it wasn't hiding out maybe he just went there and was the apex predator and just like ate everything on the planet he's like i'm a king i'll live in this swamp for eternity right <laughs> I mean, king of king, I will be. I, you got man. it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. King, I will be. So speaking of awkward, <laughs> eat things, I will. <laughs> but uh, Star Wars itself is is no uh, stranger to putting somewhat awkward scenes in movies. I mean, I think first one that comes to my mind is the uh, milking and drinking the blue alien milk from Mister Mister Skywalker. Mm. I, the, I, the, I don't I don't know why yeah. that part of the scene was there because I understand like yes he's on a forbidden you know hidden away on a planet and living off of the earth and all this stuff but it seemed really really graphic and specific like I I get a little weirded out watching somebody drink milk from a cow <laughs> yeah like freshly from the cow yeah like, I mean squirt yeah. some of this in my mouth like ah, don't remind me <laughs> yeah I remember watching the scene I was like. Whoa. 
why is this here? Like mm-hmm. th- th- this this scene did not need to be here. I didn't need to really know the origin of, of where he got his milk. blue milk. But it, it uh, seemed like a weird plot detail to put in there. No, that just seemed like fan service. <laughs> fan service, though. What Star Wars fan was clamoring for him to milk oh, a giant? You know, some people were sitting there. They're just yucking it up, going. <laughs> I finally got my answer to the blue milk question, guys. Watch this. <laughs> and I, they also started off I mean, when Lucas redid the original Star Wars movies and then put in all the CGI extras. Almost every single one of those sticks out like a sore thumb, not just from being drastically different in how it's edited or what it looks like, but a why on earth is there three and a half minutes of exotic woman alien dancing in this movie now? Like... <laughs> It doesn't well, add anything to the plot. It's like, oh, look, we got CGI. Yay. Th- that <laughs> one, I mean, the original trilogy that he butchered by adding those back into him, parts of it I could see added something to it. But like you said, it sticks out like a, th- a sore thumb. You're just sitting there watching it, and you're like, because I remember I made my wife sit through and watch them because she had never really seen them. And when we were watching him, I was like, this, this scene wasn't originally there. And this scene wasn't originally there. And that whole awkward scene of Han Solo and Jabba the Hutt mm-hmm. in, in A New Hope when he's walking and he steps on him and everything like that. I was like, that scene could have been cool back when it, this originally came out. But CGIing a weird Jabba the Hutt in it, especially now that we know that what he looks like in Return of the Jedi, you're just like, mm. That one's just uh, that. Yeah, that one's just awkward. Yeah, it, it stands out, and it's, it's it just leaves more questions than answers in the movie. <laughs> um, I my, I was looking at my, my wife pointed out one in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, in the second one, when they're trying to escape, all the hobbit they're hobbits <laughs> are in the barrels going down the river trying to escape. It's kind of an awkward scene, and I I'm assuming it's a book because. I'll let it be known. I know I've never actually read the Lord of the Rings books. I made it through about 50 pages of the first one and couldn't take it anymore. But I like the movies. <laughs> Isn't the barrel one in... Yeah, the, it's in The Hobbit. Is this yeah. the second, second Hobbit one? Okay, yeah. I thought it was in the first Hobbit. And it would, the, the the Hobbit trilogy itself is is awkward. And why did they need to stretch a single book into... yeah. But the, movies, the, the, the scene with the barrels gets me because the barrels themselves, the scene itself is, okay, it's haha, they're escaping in barrels, whatever. But it's when they switch to the, looks like they strapped a GoPro on one of the barrels going down the river, so it looks like a commercial for an amusement park ride. Mm. In this full cinematic glory of Lord of the Rings, and then it's like, you slapped a GoPro on that guy, we're putting that in. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's, that's another one where you're sitting there watching, you're like, you guys, you know, when you're you're watching the dailies and, and you're going through and editing and everything like that, why did you keep that in? Well, I know that I'm not the only one, like, we, you know, you grew up with Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. a beloved character, right? Mm-hmm. Crystal Skull came out. And there's quite a few just awkward scenes in that movie itself. With the CGI prairie dogs, the nuking of the fridge, the ants, and everything like that. But the scene that always drives me the craziest besides the ending of it. The, the last 20 minutes of the movie just doesn't exist. Right. Um, <laughs> him, Shia LaBeouf, swinging through the jungle, trying to catch up to the convoy 
on vines with monkeys around him. I remember just watching that whole part going, what? <laughs> it's, what? Is this happening? It, it takes a movie that has already got unbelievable in it because of the nature of what it is and takes it to that next level where you, you can't even like immerse yourself and, oh, this is fun to believe you. That, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> how can a convoy that's traveling, you know, straight lines down the road and then turning everything like that, how can he keep up with them swinging on vines with all these CGI-looking monkeys? It doesn't make any sense. I figure that's like... <laughs> that, that reminds me of the uh, Hobbs and Shaw. But well, one, one, one particular scene that jumped out. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in this movie that is awkward, but for what it is, it fits what it is. But the scene when The Rock is hanging from a helicopter holding on the bumper of a car and uses his manly Captain America muscles to pull the helicopter down out of the sky. You're like, you could have just had him flex in front of the window when he was getting dressed and got the same effect in here. Like, why why are we going on this? The, the dude pulled a helicopter out of the sky. I mean, to be honest, you could look at most of the movies in the Fast and Furious franchise, and <laughs> yeah, but even those—I mean, they're—they're they're fitting for what they are. It's unbelievable that crazy car, but one dude in a helicopter. Come on now, <laughs> this is the hill I am prepared to die on. All right. <laughs> Apparently, how about, about uh, oh, go no, for it. Go ahead. I was go gonna, I was going to bring up uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and Martha. Which another one? Lots of misgivings in this movie and a lot of polarizing parts of fans. But the fact that they're having this gargantuan fight, destroying things, throwing punches and kicks, destroying cities. And he's about got the other one in a chokehold. And Batman finds out that Superman's mother's also named Martha. And suddenly everything changes. Like, oh, you know somebody named Martha, too. We should be pals. (laughs) Like they they were they were literally trying to murder each other. Oh, but we know somebody with the same name. Oh, cool, bro. I'm pretty sure when I saw that movie in the theater, I audibly went, "What?" Because, yeah, it's this whole you know. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, you're not really missing much. But I, I wonder because I haven't watched the full Schneider cut or whatever. If in the long version they made more of an explanation, because I could see it working in there, as if Superman knew something about Bruce Wayne's mom and was trying to get him to remember his mom, but not just blurting out Martha in a gasping breath and suddenly magically problems are solved. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to wait for the Snyder cut to be released. But I mean, there's like what? There's already two different cuts of that movie. And then they're going to release the Snyder Cut, so I, maybe yeah. it'll do explanation. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath for that one. <laughs> what about the uh, the scene that's behind your head there? <laughs> uh, so, fun fact. I've only seen one Twilight movie, and that was the first one. And there is a ton of awkward moments. I was just sitting there watching that thing going, why? Why did this need to be in it? Like... I don't even know, like the whole like grab on spider monkey and he puts her in and just like clambers up in the tree and everything. I'm like, seriously, dude, my wife's like, I know it's stupid. I'm sorry. Just, just watch the movie. Okay. So <laughs> that whole, I mean the whole first movie to me and I have not seen any of them since you've, you so, you, have, so, you, right? so you haven't seen the fight scene that's behind you. No, I just read in a part that this was an awkward part. So it, it did seem fairly out of place it, for what the movies did to the books. 
If you want to see our dissertation on this with actual fans of Twilight, you can go back and search from our previous podcast. Where it's on this. Go full depth into how we know nothing about it, and for good reason, but other people enjoy it. That's cool. Um, but this particular, this whole movie that had the, I think this is the same one that had the baseball scenes that just seemed... Well, the baseball scenes was in the first movie. Cause that was that was, the first movie? Yeah. I mean... The music was cool, but I was like, "Why, why, why are they playing baseball?" I mean, there might be a baseball scene in this movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. So. <laughs> they, they all blended together. But the, I, I remember the fight scene coming out, and I, it, I don't think it matched anything like the books was, from what I hear. And uh, it, it it felt like this murderous bloodbath that came out of nowhere because the rest of the movie tried to be kind of tame and things down. And you're like, "Whoa, why? Why are there so many people here now?" Like the entire movie, there's like. Eight people, the entire story was, and now suddenly there's hundreds of them all gathered in this. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of movies that do that where they just throw in a lot of CGI background fighting that kind of like you want to just see the focal point, right? You want to see what's happening between the main characters. And yeah, Lord of the Rings is guilty of this. Most superhero movies are guilty of this when they have a whole bunch of people fighting. You know, they want to do it as just like B roll basically, you know, fill time. But I think they could cut out a lot of that. I mean, speaking of cutting out stuff, like cutting out some of the fight stuff, focusing mainly on just one person, or if you want to go to the J.J. Abrams route or Michael Bay route, cut out some of the slow motion. We get it. It's a helicopter flying in slow motion because it kind of takes away. It's one of those awkward things where you're sitting here, you know, you're watching Bad... Yeah, you're watching Bad Boys or something, and all of a sudden it's like... Action, 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 and then cuts to the next scene where it's like a helicopter going in slow motion. You know, doop, 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 doop. we get it. I mean, the first Transformers is way guilty of that. Yeah, I, Bad Boys 2, to me, is three consecutive 40-plus minute car chases. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a long movie. And that's the thing, is like, you look at Transformers, you look at Bad Boys, you look at, you know, the Michael Bay movies, or even J.J. Abrams. At least J.J. Abrams is kind of like admitted now that the lens flares... He may have used too many of them, um, but Michael Bay and all the other movies that just rely heavily on that slow motion, like we get it. It has a time and a place, but most of the time it's just kind of awkward and it just takes yeah, slow, away. Slow motion can be amazing. I remember the like the first time they used it for the Matrix with that 3D spin around oh, slow yeah. motion and the dodging bullets. It was earth-shaking, but even then, it was like three little scenes in the movie. It wasn't. Every fight scene, oh, we'll slow every punch down and every kick down, and it's and, and CGI somehow is more impressive when it's real things being slowed down, but when it's slow motion CGI, it doesn't seem near as impressive. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> looks like the intro to an Xbox game. Cool. <laughs> All right, back back to awkward movie moments. Uh, let, let's. How about we throw it back to Greece? So, fun fact, not a fan of that movie, but I know you're talking about the ending because it's so stupid. I mean, I suppose it really laid the groundwork for Grease too. But, <laughs> but if you haven't seen Grease, spoiler, at the end, they they fly away in a car. I, I mean, 30-somethings that are pretending to be high schoolers that sing and dance and get in fights and then fall in love with each other and they drive their T-bird off into the sky. I'm assuming it's supposed to be a metaphor, but they literally drove off in a flying car. Doesn't make any sense. They could have just literally driven down the street into the sunset, and it would have made plenty of sense. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, there's there's some awkward things. Like if you look back at and read more into that movie, but yeah, that that part was. Uh, 
it was it was why it was why and and you and I had a conversation too about this one where you had Bruce Banner and Black Widow kind of having that weird romantic love story out of nowhere in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about it after the movie because I was like, that was a little weird to me because like, it, it didn't they didn't hint at it in the first Avengers movie. Comics, I'm sure, but all of a sudden, Age of Ultron, and it's just like kind of forced. Like all of a sudden, they have this bond and this like, you know, yes, the sun's like, oh, we've been, we've been gone for a year and we fell in love. Yeah. You say what now? How what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and in love in the Avengers movie, I think I could, we could top that with uh, when Captain America kisses Peggy Carter's niece in Civil War. Well, so when you're watching Civil War, you're like, eh. But now it's even more awkward knowing the end of <laughs> the whole fight with Thanos and how everything goes on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that makes it a little bit more awkward since that whole ending and how how he ends his his route. <laughs> yeah, this little questionable antics going on there. But even that, I mean, prior to aside from the end game ending changing the dynamics of that scene won't give that away in case somebody hasn't seen that yet but we'll lay the groundwork that in Captain America he falls in love with Peggy Carter and then he gives up his life trying to save her and then he's unfrozen and she's super old and she passes away so if you fell in love with somebody and then got cryogenically frozen for 50 years and woke up would you be trying to hit up their daughter Mm, No, all the family members would be... That seems just a little uncouth, a little weird. Their daughter... Well, I mean, because this is the niece, but even still, that's like... Can you imagine the scene after that, though? They do their little kissy kiss, then, wow, you kiss way better than your mom. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Whole lot of nope. What about let's go let's go the awkward because we've all watched movies with our parents younger mm-hmm. right and there's been awkward scenes that pop up you're like ooh and I, ho- I hope they don't <laughs> they're they not they going don't there are they, they oh they are oh boy oh boy uh. and I'm talking about the uh, quote unquote romantic scene in Ghostbusters <laughs> where the funny thing <laughs> I didn't even get that when I was a kid. I didn't either. I was so, probably in a high school or college. I watched it like, wait a second. That ghost is good. He, wait, rewind that. <laughs> As a kid, I was just like, oh, the ghost must have passed through him or something. No, you watch it now. And I mean, you're we're parents now. We've let our kids watch this movie. And that scene comes on. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Look over there. Yeah. <laughs> What's that ghost doing? I, and I'm not even sure since this our, our podcast is replayed on a radio station. I'm I'm uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know struggling yeah, how to describe the scene with Dan Aykroyd and the ghost, and the ghost finds ways to make Dan Aykroyd very happy for a few se- for a scene in the movie. Yeah, makes him go cross-eyed. You'll know what we're talking about if you pop in Ghostbusters or if you just watched it recently because of Halloween. You're like, oh yeah. I mean, and there were some scenes too, even in Beetlejuice, where you're like. You know, as a kid, I was like, I didn't get it. And then you watch it now, like, with the whole cat house and everything like that. You're like, oh. That's much funnier now. <laughs> but that's kind of awkward and out of place when you're watching it with your parents. 
How about another one? Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I always okay. say this because we're in the middle. We're reading some of the books with our youngest right now, so kind of reliving whole book series through it now, which is kind of fun. But this made it stick like a sore throat when I watched the movie recently. In the opening shot of uh, As- Prisoner of Azkaban, it shows Harry doing homework by performing magic in his room. And it's a really cool shot that, you know, some director was like, oh, this is going to be beautiful, perfect way to open the movie, blah, blah, blah. But anyone that paid any attention knows that that's against every magical law in the entire Harry Potter universe for him to be doing it at home. And the, the one of the major plot points in that universe is that Harry is in trouble for using magic outside of Hogwarts, and they're trying to chase him down. So the opening shot of him like, oh, look, I'm doing magic in my room. Well, I mean, how many movies actually do open up with him doing magic when he's not at Hogwarts anyway, so... That's true, but still, it's just... So the weird, weird thing to hang your hat on as the opening movie, of like, to, to really show, like, I have no idea what my source material is. Isn't this beautiful? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's a whole other podcast right there of how movies take liberties that they shouldn't. Ooh. From books, yeah. Remind me to talk about I am number four. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's there's a lot that'll be a whole that'll be a whole different podcast. So we'll put a pin <laughs> in that one and uh, we'll circle back to that one because there's a lot of movies that have done good for books, but a lot of times it's the whole like why did they put that in there? It's the awkward, out of place scene that does not need to be in there. Mm-hmm. I would uh, throw that uh, Jurassic World has one of those. Uh, they probably have a few of them. Well, one, prob- probably a few, but the one that sticks out to me is the pterodactyl scene when Zara, the assistant, gets eaten by the Mosasaurus. Because most of the movie, it's it's it, this sounds weird, but it's it's a feel good movie. There's not a ton of super super violence in the Jurassic Park Jurassic World movie. I mean, there's oh, so there's, saying, there's you, some. You're saying that really violent death is just kind of like whoa. Yeah, it's go through, and then they see her get take off by the pterodons or pterodactyls, and then she gets chomped up by the jumping mosasaurus. And it's not even just like a gump; she's gone. It jumps up, and you can still see her like trying to claw her way out of his throat as he's going back down. Like it's one of those like stomach churning. Like oh, that's that's really graphic. Of ah, but it kind of it's thinking, just been a little bit of distaste. I was thinking the scene of her running in high heels. From a T Rex, <laughs> well, that, that one always, that one always just kind of like. <laughs> well, the other part of that, now that you say it out loud, and I remember, uh, the very end when she turns to start being good, and suddenly all she has to do is unbutton the top of her blouse, and then suddenly she's super strong and athletic and can climb over walls. Up to that point, she's prissy and dainty and all, but wait, I can help. Let me unbutton my top. <laughs> right, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole like you watch other movies where girls are running or everything like that in heel, heels and they're like kick them off and everything like that so they can run. And then this movie, she kept them on. And I, I get that it's probably like a statement of power and everything like that. But at the same time, it's like, especially when all the females around you're going, that's that can't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever tried running in heels? <laughs> I uh, another one that <sighs> the Star Trek Into Darkness scene. When Carol's talking to Kirk in the little shuttle and he turns around to talk to her and she's changing clothes and there's just that like four and a half second scene where she's standing there in a bra and nothing else. Like, I I know what that part of the movie was probably directed right at my demographic, 
but it was so awkward. You're like, why is she half naked? Okay. There's, uh, there's a lot of movies that, especially from, well, I mean, from the 80s up to like the mid-2000s that had that scene. The comedies and action movies were the worst offenders of it, where they had that scene just to cater, like you said, to our demographic of like, hey, check out this hot girl. But if you take it out, it doesn't change anything about the movie. It's just kind of placed in there for gratification that doesn't need to be placed in there. Well, especially for that that particular scene, they were having a like plot-centric conversation. So it kind of took away, you got waited, you're like, wait, 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 wait something important just happened. What's going on? <laughs> Rewind it. We can't work at the movie theater. Oh. <laughs> Uh. I mean, there's a there's a lot of movies where you're watching. It. Well, I mean, even now as adults, with you know, as parents, we watch some of the '80s movies that we grew up with that you know didn't seem anything, and you watch them and you're like, "Ooh, I don't remember that." Or like you're sitting there and another scene pops, you're like, "Why is this even in here? This makes no sense whatsoever." I mean, one, I love Demolition Man hands down but the whole virtual reality intimacy part it does that part didn't need to be in there <laughs> it was it was just very awkward <laughs> i get the, I, like, the point I, they were trying to make i guess but it was yeah, it's again i get it but it's that could have been just dialogue <laughs> i didn't i didn't need to see stallone that way I hadn't really thought of it like that before. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. Adrian! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> spe- speaking of people taking their clothes off, uh, what about Kylo Ren and The Last Jedi? Well, I mean, that was a whole... A lot of people... And not, not, say, not, Jedi, say, not, not saying that guys can't take their shirts off and it's any different, but it just it seemed... So awkwardly out of place that there hasn't been, with the exception of Slave Leia, has there been another Star Wars character that has been shirtless in the movie in nine movies? Mm, no, I don't think so. I, I can't. I can't think of any. <laughs> well, it, that one just kind of came out of the blue too, like you know, and he was wearing like high waisted pants, mm-hmm. so it it just looked awkward. It looked like you know, grandfather's at the nursing home. He can't find his shirt. Type of thing, and I'm like, because even in the movie, I was like, "Use the why? force, use the force, right. force yourself to wear a shirt." Uh, there's oh, also man. the Kingsman Golden Circle. Uh, the end of the movie when he goes in there and he basically decides to save the world in exchange for some uh, some, some back backdoor shenanigans to yeah. put it to put it safe for radio. <laughs> Well, I remember, so I took my dad to see that movie, and (laughs) that scene came up, and I just like, I laughed, I was like, oh, that's awkward. (laughs) Why? (laughs) There's there's so many of them, and like I said, like, now that we're a parent, we, or even in, like, just so we've seen so many movies, you watch a movie, and you're like, why is this scene here? And there's still movies nowadays that that's, you know, that's the story of it. I just saw one the other day. I don't remember what it was, but it was the wife and I looked at each other like, 
like, well, that had nothing to do with anything. That was a waste of like 10 minutes of the movie. Like, yeah, I, I mean, get that you want to reach a certain screen time, but. Yeah, and, and we, we are well known for our random tangents. But when you're putting a movie together, isn't somebody there like a director to rain? You're like, whoa, whoa, no, let's let's keep this on point with the story here. Like, <laughs> and I, I we could probably go on for hours. We'll probably you know start cutting it short here so people can get back to their their merry little lives, their their geekish desires. But well, uh, that's what I want to do. I want I want the people to chime in because I know that there is a ton more movies out there that have parts in it where you watch it and you're like, this is just awkward. This doesn't add anything to the story why is this here this makes me leave the movie yeah so what i'm, I'm, I'm gonna start doing i'm gonna start doing a compile a list of what we think are some of the most awkward scenes in movie history to put it together and i want to include your thoughts so let us know on uh, at get geekish and what are some of those movie scenes or tv show scenes that are so out of place that they sh- just shouldn't be there or they almost ruined the entire production there's 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 quite a few. That sounds like such a downer, but it's a fun topic. It just, I mean, like you know, half the movies we talked about are movies I actually like, but there happens to be a scene where, you're like, well, I, I don't know why that what's happening. Okay, whatever. But <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Any any parting words? Um, I figured no. I, I figured I'd make it awkward one more time. I was gonna say that you just you kind of put me on the spot that I thought you were just rolling with it. <laughs> anyway, let us know at Get Geekish. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk at you next week.